Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Do you speak another language? Australia is a multicultural country and many of us have grown up with a second or even third language. Mother Tongue is a new podcast being launched by Babyology's sister company, Kindling Kids Radio, and it aims to encourage our kids to learn new words, songs, and stories in another language. To find out more, I have the podcast's presenter, Serene Demacki, in the studio with me now. Hi, Serene. How are you? Hello, Siobhan. How are you? Where did this idea come from, this idea for this podcast? Well, I, I suppose it um, started with, I had my daughter, Alyssa, um, what is she? She's turning six this year. And it kind of came across when I was thinking about, for some reason, we're thinking about songs and we're talking, you know, just about songs that she enjoys, that she's kind of growing up with. And they include the traditional you know, English um, folk songs that we know, such as Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, etc. but also some that are um, in my mother tongue, so in Arabic. So, um, I, my parents are both Lebanese. I was born in uh, Beirut, Lebanon, came here when I was two. And I found almost by default that when Alyssa was born, I was passing on the songs that my mum sang to me to Alyssa. And uh, yeah, she kind of, you know, grew up singing them and we sang them together and she really enjoyed them. And that was great. I just thought that that's actually quite special and quite fun. And it made me think that, well, so do other cultures and countries and... That's where it started. So it started with the idea that it's the songs that we pass down to our children from generation to generation that are in uh, yeah, our mother tongue or our language of origin or from our heritage. So it's, it's sharing that part of us that uh, forms our, you know, our identity and who we are and what we, yeah. How does it feel for you to sing in your language and see her sing those words as well? Like how does it make you feel? It's really hard to describe. When um, Elisa was born, I just started speaking in Arabic to her. But this was only because I, for some reason, whenever it came to pets, baby animals and kids, I'd speak to them in Arabic. (laughs) Just by default. Like I would not, English just goes away. It just goes, I just speak to them in Arabic and use all these cutesy little baby kind of words in Arabic. And it wasn't front of mind how determined I was that I wanted her to pick up Arabic as much as she possibly uh, could. Um, And so hearing her use the language and as she gets older, the way she starts to – the way she starts to learn it and build on what she already knows – fascinates me more than so it makes me feel great obviously because it's a part of me that I'm passing on to her and I think it's a bit of a gift in some way shape or form but it also fascinates me oh there's so much about it that's a gift not only is her brain working in different and amazing ways to learn two languages but also um, the heritage and the history and the culture that comes with language it's so tied up in all of it. So how does the show work? You mentioned there that there's songs. Yes. Uh, when you're making a radio piece, you can't um, 
like it's not like play school where you can sort of hold up a picture and show what a word is. How do you incorporate language into the podcast? Great, great question. You're right. So I had to switch my mind to that and be quite mindful of the fact that this is radio. So it's trying to use words that create, that are visual. So using words that are as visual as possible. So I think in one episode, uh, for example, we were talking about, um, I think it was the Italian episode and we were talking about, or the Spanish one, and we were talking about the the tango dance and the dresses that they wear. And so I think I remember saying, and trying to keep it short and simple as well. Yes. Yeah, right? Because you can't you can't waffle on when it comes to kids. Short, simple. Um, and so I described the red dress as a flowy, um, a flowy dress that when you spin around, it kind of opens up like a parachute. So just trying to use some words yes. that provide a visual and you can use your imagination. So, but in terms of the language side of things, uh, or the, the words in other languages, well, we just it's like repetition. It is repetition. Yeah, it is. That's it's the like, only way you really pick yeah. it up. And kind of keeping it simple. And I think the way we've um, structured e- each episode. So we start with the simple hello. We go into the hello song um, using the word of that language in that particular episode. Then we flow on to a musical instrument, um, maybe an activity. So I'm assuming you can sing then. Oh, I'll, so the good thing, when it comes to kids, I think you can get away with a lot when it comes to not feeling. I don't know. I'll I say I'm not tone deaf. I think I think you can sing. I think I a I kind of bit. want I want a demonstration, please, to encourage people to find your podcast oh, and gosh. listen. Okay, can you do it in Arabic? Because that's the one I want to hear. The, okay, moment. so how about I do the hello song in Arabic? Yes. Please. Okay. All right. Hello, marhaba, marhaba, hello, hello, marhaba. Marhaba, hello. So each time we meet, be sure to say hello. And marhaba, just like so. Hello, marhaba. Marhaba, hello. I reckon you'd learn. I'm, I want to say that I could say it after that, but I think children can do it better than me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. Um, now, the show includes includes language like, can I do that again? <laughs> The show includes languages like Samoan, um, Indigenous language Korean, Tagalog. Uh, Tagalog, uh, that would be um, uh, Filipino. That's a Filipino Filipino. Um, How did you choose the languages? Why did you choose the ones that you did? Oh, good question. Uh, Well, it was really taking a look at the Australia that we live in. And we're a melting pot of, you know, multiracial and multilingual um, societies and communities. So I suppose the way we approached um, these episodes... I suppose is having a look at the most common languages other than English that are spoken here in Australia. So we started with that as a, um, yeah, we, we sort of started with that. Mm. Yeah. And how did you find people to have on the show? Because it's you talking to people who have this. I mean, you are very talented, but I'm sure you don't have that many <laughs> languages in your repertoire. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I needed I needed friends. <laughs> I needed to reach out to my friends. So, yeah, it started, yeah, well, a lot of it are, are people that I that I that I knew or um, people that I knew who recommended somebody that they knew. Yes. That's kind of the crux of it. So if you were choosing people to interview and talk with who were your friends, um, does that mean you would have a mix of people who were both born overseas and born here? Like, did it make a difference 
in terms of um, language and explaining language when you brought those people into the studio? No, no, that didn't. Well, I was born overseas and I think there was one other person, I think Samoan, so Milo in the Samoan episode was born overseas and came to Australia when he was 18. Wow. But no, it didn't, I didn't notice any dif- any differences. Because a or, lot of those people would have grown up speaking the language with their family, is that right? Yes. Yes. Because there are families, what I find really interesting is when families um, come to Australia and then they don't want their children to speak their language ah. because they're worried it will interfere with their schooling. Have yeah. you come across that? Absolutely. And that was really prominent, particularly you know, in the 70s when you know, there was a huge Italian migration, for example, and it was really different in society in terms of you, know, you need to conform. So basically forget who you were, what you spoke, and you know, basically assimilate and conform to where you are here. It's not that strong a sensation these days, but it is still around. So a lot of families that I speak with, yeah, their kids will grow up at home speaking, not speaking English. And then they think, oh, well, you know, they don't speak English. What happens when they go, you know, and we'd have a comment, what happens if they go to daycare? And I'm like, they'll get the English. Trust me. We're in Australia. (laughs) They will get the English. It's going to happen. Guaranteed. But it is that. It's so it's 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 having those conversations and um as many times as 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 I can as possible because once you do and you 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 think about it that way, because Alyssa was much the same. She was more Arabic as she was growing up before English kind of came along and and yeah, Children now absorb I keep, it, don't absolutely. they? Absolutely. Mm. And now I have to switch her back. So when she comes back to school and she's at home, I'm like, all right, Arabic. <laughs> switch. <laughs> switch back to Arabic. You'll lose it, sweetheart, if you don't use it. <laughs> yes, that's true, especially definitely with language. Mm. Um, so what was your experience like growing up? Were you conscious of how multicultural Australia was? Growing up, um, yeah, it wasn't front of mind. So it wasn't... Um, front of mind, just think about school and gosh, it was very multicultural, very, it's, it still is even Alyssa's school. I look around and I love it because, um, yeah, you just, I, I just think we're really fortunate that we're exposed to, um, to all of these different cultures and traditions. I have a, um, a friend of mine who's more like a family friend and almost like a kind of a bit of an uncle to me. I kind of grew up grew up with him. We lived in the same block of flats growing up and he kind of turned out to be my English tutor and my history tutor and a very close, and to this day we catch up every two, every couple of weeks. We're probably seeing him on Sunday. Um, His name's Andrew. He's probably in his seventies and Andrew is Anglo-Saxon. He's never left the country. He won't go on a plane. He won't go in. He hasn't seen the world, (laughs) nothing at all. But for him, that idea and the question you just asked and the fact that we, he has that exposure in his own backyard to all the different countries of the world is for him sacred and he wouldn't want that to change in any way, shape or form. So I think that was quite powerful hearing Andrew say that. He's like, I don't, I, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't need to go anywhere. And it's so important for me that we remain so multiracial and multilingual and multicultural particularly the cuisine. Because get... <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. Because that's how he um, gets to experience the world. Yeah. And what about um, this, this podcast, Mother Tongue? What are you hoping people get out of that? Um, I hope that 
it's two-pronged. So I hope in one instance, for anybody who uh, grew up speaking another language uh, or does speak a language other than English, that, you know, parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles can listen to this. And for them, they're like, oh, that brings back memories. Um, it tugs at their heartstrings a little bit. It reminds them maybe of their childhood and also something that they feel that they're doing with their own children. So that's one side of it. And the other side is it's an opportunity. And what I've found just doing the each and every episode is that you're exposed. You have, you, you're, you're exposed and it opens up a world for you of all these other languages and cultures and traditions. And I'm still, because of the repetition, I still remember some of the words in each of all, in, in each of the episodes, some of the traditions that we talk about, the foods that we talk about. And so I'm saying think, something because you're a mum and we all know mums have brains like Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah. So if you can remember it, then children are going to remember. They're going to remember it. Yeah. So something for the kids, something for the young and the young at heart. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And it is such, it's the way we should be looking at Australia. So it's such a beautiful podcast. Serene, thank you so much. Oh, Siobhan, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. That was Serene DeMackey. She's a presenter of the new Mother Tongue podcast. The show premieres on August 5th. So tune in to Kindling Kids Radio with your little one. But there are other places you can find it as well, including wherever you get your podcasts or on the free Kindling Kids Radio app. Corey White was awarded the Best Newcomer at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in 2015. His stand-up routine called The Cane Toad Effect mined a very traumatic childhood. Now he's written a memoir. I guess I have um, at at bottom um, a feeling that people are ultimately good. And I, I guess I have this perhaps naive idea that if you could just sit someone down and give them enough love and logic that they wouldn't do... They wouldn't inflict suffering on others. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.